0: Welcome to the Determined Truth Podcast. What the truth? You can't handle the truth. Where we aim to explore questions of truth, the scriptures, and what it means for the church today. are your hosts, Rob
1: Dalrymple and Vinny Angelo. I want to welcome everyone back to the Determined Truth Podcast. My name is Rob Dalrymple, and uh, I want to thank you for joining us again today. It's been a couple of years since I posted new episodes, and as some of you know, we're excited about getting the podcast back going again and as i'm getting it back going again i've decided that i'm going to ask my good friend vinny angelo to join me on the podcast and be a co-host so vinny thank you for joining me welcome yeah thanks rob for having me on yeah so vinny tell us a little bit about yourself before we get going a little bit further kind of you know your background and and, and who you are a little bit just just give, just give us a little vinny insight
0: yeah, so I uh, I live in the Bay Area still. So I'm I'm we're uh, we're distance away now. I guess we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah but yeah. On your and updates to your life. So yeah. I, I live out in the East Bay in in California. I've been a Bay Area guy my entire life. Um, currently I'll, I'll work backwards, I guess I, I currently, from a ministry standpoint, I currently work in a, uh, reformed Baptist church, which will also be a, a fun point of contact yeah, <laughs> for, yeah for, right. all, all these things. It, it, it's gonna, it's, it's layers of onions that we're unpeeling, but we're, uh, I work in a, a reformed Baptist church where I'm the director of adult education and small group curriculum. And, uh, so I, I you know, b- basically have the joy to do the thing that I have a job description that perfectly fits if i could if i could create my own job description it's literally the thing i'm doing so praise god for that But wow. uh, now yeah, before it, we go too far okay.
1: Vinny, the, the most important thing in your life of course is shayla and mateo so let, let's go there
0: yeah yes yeah, so, and that's gonna be the next thing so but, okay all right the, the fun i get is uh i have been married to shayla for uh 15 years I this, <laughs> honestly I, I usually nail this but COVID the, the COVID years everything <laughs> that I year think. doesn't count right and yeah so I was like oh, is it 14 or 15 I actually forgot yeah, how yeah. old I was the other day it's <laughs> so like am I 43 yet
1: or is that in September am I gonna be
0: 44 hey, know, you know I just you know, had
1: my, right? my AARP birthday last week did you really I'm 55 wow yeah That's crazy, crazy. isn't that crazy all right Another I don't look year. a day over 39 but
0: does that mean I could start? Like, I'll come out to Mesa and take you out to Denny's, and <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't do Denny's, but we'll, but we'll find something similar to it. Okay. No moons yeah. over Miami for Hey, now. I'm
1: with him. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm picking up the
0: tab today. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, we've been married for 15 years. We actually dated in high school, so we were high mm. school sweethearts, and um, and then she's a, a high school history teacher, mm. and then uh, we were told early on into marriage, we wouldn't have kids. Wow. And so we just kind of lived a life where we, you know, for 11 years, we, we just lived as, uh, you know, this, uh, our family was us and our dog. But, uh, then one morning she woke me up and said, oh, I'm pregnant. And so, uh, wow. we, yeah. So 11 years into marriage, we found out we were, uh, blessed with, um, a little guy. So we, we had Mateo in July of 2017. Hmm. And so he'll, he'll be four years old coming up uh, at the time of recording the show, you know, in a month from okay. now. Uh, And so that's a man, that's, it's good and bad. Like you have so much more wisdom as a 40 year old parent, right? Or, yeah, yeah. But you do not have the energy.
1: (laughs) No, no. So I've got, I've got four kids, right? My, uh, my my three boys, Yeah, many knows my kids. I got uh, three boys. And then seven years after my third son, we had Mackenzie, my daughter. And so let's see, Mackenzie is 2000. So I was 37 when she was born. Yeah. And, you know, Mackenzie like four years old. I'm like, okay, Mackenzie, daddy just can't do horsey anymore. Right. I, can, I, I can't, I can't get on my knees. Hurts. It hurts. Yeah. I, yeah. I, can't like, up, I can get on my knees. I just I felt so bad because you got so <laughs> deprived because the boys and I, would just did everything on the floor. I, I, yeah. I couldn't do those things. Yeah.
0: yeah. That's where we're at right now. He's getting more, you know, the older he gets, the more he wants to do physically, And the, but that means the older I'm getting. So. Yeah.
1: And then you go to the Lily games with the kids or you're like this old man. Dude, that's <laughs> they, we drop them off at preschool
0: now. And it's like, I feel like I'm like the grandpa dropping off the yeah, kid or yeah, something. But you look yeah, at all the other parents and it's like, oh, you're so young. <laughs>
1: yeah, we, My daughter, my oldest, my youngest daughter, well, my only daughter just graduated high school. And of course, we have our oldest son's going to be 29 this year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so we're like the old people at the graduation ceremony. Because oh, yeah. you know, that's our youngest daughter and she's 12 years younger than her, than yeah. her, her brother. And <laughs> yeah, so it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So that's our life. Right. We uh we,
0: you know, and, and even there, like, you know, this is kind of tangential, but even the the, the joys of COVID, uh, and, and always wanting to try to try to find the joys and everything in life, right? Yeah, yeah. Like the beauty of the last year and a half, and like you don't want to just, you know, gloss over all the horrible things that happen in a pandemic, right? Right. right. Or they still they're are happening. And they still are happening. Yeah. But even there, like the the beauties and, and how God was so kind to us to be able to say, hey, guess what? You guys got to work at home now, Shane. Mm-hmm. You got to teach from home, which is mm. God bless teachers over the last year and a half. Yeah, right. It's been But guess what, you actually get to hang out with your son a lot more now. Mm -hmm. And you get to experience things as a family Have all this extra family time you wouldn't have been able to have. Uh, My wife was able to all last year take Mateo with me to preschool in the morning, which she wasn't going to be able to do originally because of her school schedule. Mm -hmm. You just, you know, even there, you just get to count the blessings and what happens in your family, even in a pandemic, and how God
1: is kind in so many ways. Now, all right, so the next most important thing that the, uh, we have to go to is- I, the, I totally know where you're going to go to. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, know you, you do. All right, you're from the Bay Area. Yes. I'm from Boston. It was an incomplete pass. It was yes. not. 20 years ago. Fool. You got to get over it.
0: January 19th, 2002. You got to get over it. I'm sorry, 2001. Yeah, I'm yeah.
1: sorry. You know, it was It was just, I mean, <laughs> look, his arm was moving ahead. forward, and a rule's a rule. I mean, Except that's just the way it for,
0: it. The pictures, you can Google image it right now, where literally his left hand is touching the ball. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. Which rules, Woodson, Saxon. Yeah, Woods sacks him. yeah. yeah. I told cool.
1: you this story. And I'll talk about this Listen, real quickly. I was watching the game. We were living in Pennsylvania at the time, because so I was working on my PhD uh, back east, and... Uh, um, I think the other kids were in bed and my son, Justin, who's my, my oldest son, uh, um, um, I turned the TV off. I'm like, okay, I'm done. Because uh, 2001, right, Patriots had not won the game yet. No one won, won the Super Bowl. Red Sox haven't won in 80 whatever years. Just, this is just the way it is for Patriot fans right? and New England fans. I'm like, okay, it's over. And my, and my son's all, dad, they're, they're, re- they're reviewing it. I'm like, dude, it was a fumble. Every I night. said, his, I said his arm was clearly going. He, he was clearly not trying to throw the ball, and so I'm with you, right? But a rule's a rule, right? Oh, yeah, and yeah. so I turned a the TV off. <laughs> I turned it off, and I'm like, okay, I'll turn it back on. And I turned it back on. Is like, uh, and and I told my son, I said, I said, look, even if they say it's incomplete or whatever, he's still gonna have to kick a stinking field goal in the snow. Mm-hmm. He's never gonna make it. Mm-hmm. And even then, that's gonna only take the game to overtime. We're still gonna, we're still gonna lose this game, right? That's just the way we think. Um, and I turn it back on. It's like, uh, it was an incomplete pass. It's, almost, it's the tuck rule. I'm like, what the heck rule is that? I'm like, whatever. And then Vinatieri makes this – got to admit that might have been one of the greatest kicks great in, kick. the of, yeah, in the history of football, mm-hmm. right? Uh, if not the one that he beat the Rams in the Super Bowl on a few that, weeks, was, that was weeks actually, later. That yeah. was in D'Orso. Um, and uh, so I'm like, all right, yeah, yeah. But you and I've got several other Raider fans. And I'm like, look, it was an incomplete pass. A rule's a rule, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, and then, you know, yeah, the Patriots went on to, to, to let me think. How many times? Oh, six. Yeah, six I, months. I don't remember yeah. any of those. Yeah, Tom Brady. And so um, those are not uh,
0: Super Bowls they played. In, they were toilet bowls. That's
1: a, Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Unhappy days. Yeah, you, you don't watch it. Anyways, and, and I have the,
0: uh, Let's be honest, Oakland fans are basically the Joseas the of professional sports fans. Yeah. Like, I mean, we're called to suffer for our teams that are hardly. <laughs> I mean, a a I mean, also, like, like, seriously, like, seriously, like, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. the Warriors just left the San Francisco, right? Yeah, they like, they were never there anyways. Yeah. The yeah. Raiders just left for Vegas. The, the A's, they, they want to go anywhere that would take them, but no one will take them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, that, yeah they perfect. should
1: go, right. Yeah. They should go. They ruined that stadium when they built that football stadium. Yeah. yeah. But it means they
0: came yeah. back. and I. All yeah. right.
1: So uh, and, uh, and, all right.
0: Here, here's the thing we can't agree on. Like I, yeah. and I literally have a TV on, right? right now because the A's are playing the Yankees right now. Oh, okay, yeah. Then we're so, good. Guys, I'm an A's I'm,
1: I'm kind of an A's fan today. Yeah. So we're good on that. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> so I rooted, really quickly here. I want to bullet, let the people listen to talk about this stuff, but I rooted for the A's in the early seventies when we moved out from, from, Massachusetts in 69, you know, 71, 72, 72, 73, 74, you yeah, yeah, sure know, do it up. again, keep it alive in 75, you mm-hmm. know, and that was cool. And then the Red Sox decided that they were going to go ahead and start getting good. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I can't root for the A's and the Red Sox at yeah. the same time. Uh, so Vinny, uh, your educational background, uh, that's into that. Yeah. So educational background, uh,
0: Just to give a funny part of it, graduated high school in 1997. Went to college for two years as a music major, and I realized why would I complete my music degree when I'm I'm working as a musician more than my friends who have music degrees. So I left. I did music for a number of years. Went back as a 28, 29 year old to complete my undergrad in psychology. Was going to become a psychologist, but I was going to a Christian you know Bible college and I love taking the theology classes mm-hmm. it's my theology prof who I was really good friends with he he just kind of said towards the end of my senior year why are, why aren't you studying theology why aren't you going oh, to yeah. seminary oh, and I'm yeah. like I know right <laughs> and, yeah. and so uh it, it really made his wife upset because she was actually my main psychology prof so that oh kind of that's funny. funny it was kind of funny but
1: um I mean guess up... you who know, I got to go to the Bible department <laughs> exactly, the
0: exactly. <laughs> so I, I ended up uh applying to uh fuller uh, Bay Area so mm-hmm. I, I was I, I attended uh you know the bay area uh campus which i don't believe is anymore i think they're wrapping up students oh, in that they? degree program yeah
1: you had a phenomenal greek professor i think there he didn't was you? very difficult <laughs> so
0: <laughs> I, I was fortunate actually enough like i was already on staff at a church in the bay area which mm-hmm. you were on staff at and, yep. and, and, and so you got asked to teach greek uh or i don't know how that yeah. came up i don't know if they asked you or you applied for
1: it yeah i remember
0: yeah but, but you taught greek for one year at fuller northern california which was literally my one year of, t- yeah. of taking greek and that was just so helpful in my end uh, yeah it was great yeah yeah so it was great
1: i think steve sanderson was in was in that class yep. as well so yeah, yeah, uh, yeah Another was, guy was, we were on staff with yeah yeah it was a good it was a good time yep yeah so that uh, was a blast so
0: yeah did fuller did uh and uh my master's there and then i've just been uh you know serving in local churches Uh, Mainly a a local church. Since then, I was part of a member of a local church, and then I was fortunate to go on staff and and work there. So, yeah. And
1: and now we met uh, a number of years before that.
0: Yes. Yeah, Uh, through that church. But when I was just a, you were on staff at that previous church. Yes, that's right. And then uh, I I was just a congregant, and then I eventually came on staff at that church. But
1: I remember like I I don't know if I remember the first time that we met, or if you do or not. But I remember like at a men's retreat, for example, that we were up there in Watson, uh, in uh, Santa Cruz Mountains. You know, and and you were just you were just full of Bible and theology yeah. questions and 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 whatever. I'm like, okay, this this, this kid's right. Yeah, and I remember, what, and I'm like, yeah, you need to. I think didn't you even ask me, hey, should I go on to seminary or what? I'm like, yeah, you probably should. Yeah,
0: you yeah, know, yeah. I I remember actually having that specific conversation. Yeah. Uh, I think it was a time because I I served in a prison ministry, and you, mm-hmm. and we would go over to San Quentin, and there was a time when you came to, mm-hmm. to you were like a guest preacher at that. Yep. And I remember having that conversation specifically. No, let's be clear. I
1: went to San Quentin as a visitor. No, no, I was visiting you. Oh gosh.
0: So, and I remember specifically asking you, like, "Hey, how how will how much Greek will I learn?" Like, I'm thinking, like, I, I'm going to get a master's in in you know theology. Of course, I'm going to come out like a stud, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and I remember, and I literally used this example in a class the other night that I was teaching on hermeneutics. Yep. Uh, and I asked you how much I'll learn it, and you said just enough to be dangerous.
1: <laughs> yep. And I probably said that you're very, I've, I've always done, and, and those listening here, here here's the situation, here's the, rea- the reality. Be really careful about using Greek words mm-hmm. for your, to, to thump the scriptures and say, this is what the Bible means. Yeah. It's like, so my first, very first lecture, everywhere I taught Greek and I've taught in numerous colleges and seminars, uh, my first lecture always is, look, by the time you're done with this year, you're going to know enough Greek to be dangerous, uh, but not enough Greek to be useful. Yeah. Um, and the problem becomes when a pastor gets up in a pulpit and goes, I've got a seminary degree, I know Greek, therefore this is what the Bible says. Um, if they have to pull out that card, they're probably wrong. Mm-hmm. Because if the text doesn't already lead you down that path, and the Greek's just supportive of what you're saying, um, or even an English translation supportive of what you're saying, um, then you, you're probably misusing it. Now, sometimes there's like, okay, hey, notice that this translation says this. Um, well, they're saying this when the other translations say that because this is what's really going on behind the text. All right. There you go. That's fine. That's a good use of it. But most of the time that they don't, it's like the, the meaning of the Greek word, like the meaning of the Greek word is pretty easy. That's why we have English translations. Uh, so, all right, and that
0: and, was, you know, even there though, because I'm now actually recalling some conversations that we had had previously and even just things I'd heard you said, uh, her, her, I had heard you say as a teacher, which is, hey, we actually have really good English translations. You could trust the translations. Yeah. And, and, and and, and, and I, I remember hearing you say that a number of times. And that's one one of those things on my end where, like, I can't proof text that. Like, I can't yeah. that. And, and that's where, like, becoming a, a Greek student, where right. you're learning enough. You're basically learning humility and then you're learning uh, skill or, uh, you know, what tools to use right. um, unless you decide to really go on or you excel in it. And so being able to check that stuff, and it's like, okay, yeah, like these guys actually, you know, these these folks really do a good job uh, at at producing those. And then you know, once you know what translations to look at, you start understanding the biases of translation committees. And, you know, we all have biases. So it's just more of acknowledging what those are. You start recognizing, okay, like, like, we could trust these things. It's it's, it's
1: Yeah. And one of the things that, that for those who are listening that I hope that we're going to begin to do in some of these podcasts now is we're going to start talking about what is the church? What does it mean? Um, and, and thinking through all those things uh, there. And well, but we're gonna bring in some guests uh, to interview, et cetera. And, and one of them might even be a pub, someone in the publishing industry uh, to talk about, okay, hey, what's going on behind the scenes? Because this guy writes a book and this guy writes a book, or whatever. you know. Because the publishing industry, let's be honest, they're influenced by, well, they have to make money. I, I mean, they have to stay in business. And translations do the same thing, and that is, if I translate this this way, which we all know today now is actually accurate, then no one will buy my Bible, because they've all re- been, they've all been trained for the last hundred years to say that it means this. Mm-hmm. Well, we now know today from archaeological discoveries and manuscript discoveries, da, da, da that that this is actually what what it meant, and so. The, the publishing houses are, have the same problems, and they know better. in a couple instances, but they won't do it because they're trying to uh, to, uh, to, to reach uh, their audience also. Mm-hmm. So, so, so let me ask Vinny. And and now one of the things that's interesting here is you're you're actually um, sounds like I'm interviewing you today. Um, I'm bringing you on kind of to help facilitate these conversations and and, and whatever. But um, what are the areas of scripture that you are um, just most uh, appeal to you that you get the most joy in studying it's probably not Hosea
0: <laughs> I reminded of Hosea just nightly so it. yeah like right now when the A's are gonna blow it to the Yankees yeah okay there you go oh they no, can't have that happen <laughs> yeah um it, you know it's tough to say because it, it, like I actually made this point I started a class Uh, for the last six years, I've taught a class at my church, uh, basically introduction to hermeneutics, which means how to interpret the Bible, how to interpret the Bible. And, uh, every time I teach that class, I always preface it saying like, I, this is my favorite class to teach because part of it is the aha moments that you see with people and and just, they're just equipped in a way. Like if you've been in church your whole life, you've been told for however many years that you should read your Bible. Like, so you're told to read your Bible, but you are never taught how to read your Bible. Right. And, to, and so you just get well- meaning people who are burnt out or they're confused or whatever. So anyway, I get in this moment where i'm, I'm I could honestly say this is my favorite thing to teach. I get so excited about teaching this. But then, by the people who are in that class, we're also in the last class I taught over the spring, which was a systematic theology class on the Trinity. And I legitimately started off that class by saying, I teach a lot of classes, but this is this is my favorite class. So it's kind of like an ADD thing where whatever yeah. I'm doing kind of becomes my favorite thing. It's like, what's your favorite scripture? Man, whatever one I'm reading.
1: <laughs> yeah. I've I I've had the same problem, whether I'm preaching or whether I'm teaching. I was teaching the class a number of years ago, and they, they, like every week I was saying, this might be the most important thing. Right. And, and... <laughs> Yeah you know, and, so, and I and I caught myself preaching I'm like okay this is going to be I'm going to say this but I probably said this about 10 other things as well but if there's something that you need to know it's it's kind of this yeah yeah, yeah. And, and
0: so I think ultimately for me is like it's an absolutely true statement like whatever I'm studying right now mm-hmm. not from a hobby horse standpoint but it like is just so exciting and fruitful and it nourishes me but it, it's because it also brings those other things to, to the forefront and makes those things even more true. So like, for an example, uh, as someone who, when I got really excited about theology and studying theology, however many years ago, it it was really in the context of apologetics. And, and it started off because of as someone who kind of grew up in, in and around the church, I had a knowledge about a lot of things. But nothing really deep. Mm -hmm. And I I would hang out with, you know, Jehovah's Witnesses would come to my door and I would dogmatically engage with them. And I had no clue what I was talking about. Committed so many heresies, right? (laughs) Yeah, I I remember you were talking about that for year. Yeah, that was one of my first, so like Trinitarian theology was a thing that was very exciting to me. And other aspects of theology just did not appeal to me. And right now I know we're specifically talking about theology, right? But I think that's, especially in the evangelical church, things are so much things are so focused on doctrines like that's just where you those are the worlds you live in we actually don't know how to read the bible we know how to we mm-hmm. do, we know systematic theology we skip a couple boxes mm-hmm. to get to the systematic theology box but uh you know the other aspects of a, a systematic theology book did not seem important mm-hmm. and so even like the thing that was the least interesting to me was something like ecclesiology the study of the church
1: well, means the study of the church okay yeah
0: and and, and like I just spent years like ignoring that. I did not see how it was relevant. It was boring and there was no application. How am I going to have a conversation with the Jehovah's witness about that one? Well, as I start studying, and especially in the last few years being in a position that I am now at my church where I'm overseeing curriculum and and even things like, you know, how we do it, re- revamping our membership process and, you know, having an active role in those sorts of things, spending the last like three or four years studying a lot of ecclesiology cuz i had to mm-hmm. you start seeing the beauty of this thing mm-hmm. and 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 it's not just beautiful in and of itself it's like wow this has like great implications for how now i understand things like the doctrine of the trinity right and how i apply okay. the doctrine of the trinity it, it, you know from a prayer standpoint from how i actually have a deeper understanding of what we look at things like the sacraments <laughs> and those mm-hmm. are or in what does it look like uh, you know just to remove the English word church and really understand the concept of a gathering or an assembly of people and what that means with a a strong uh, understanding of who the spirit is and and taking seriously the concept that we are temples and how Hmm. the spirit of God is collectively indwelling you all. Right. And saying Hmm. that specifically to not read, you know, a first Corinthians three, as you meaning singular right yeah. it's, it's you all it's the plural in the in the, in the mm. greek and uh not that i want to drop the
1: greek it's just that's when that's
0: when it's absolutely necessary yeah, that's because that. the word you
1: in english is always singular or plural you exactly. never know but the greek actually has two different exactly. words exactly so, not two different words different forms yeah so, so yeah. that's
0: where like though that's where man like i love trinitarian theology and i get so excited teaching it but then i absolutely love ecclesiology because it brings all those other things to life when you're studying The other ologies, right? Yes, it is. But ultimately, that stuff needs to be the application of being a good, another five-dollar word that I'm sure we'll spend a lot of time talking about. Exegete, interpreter, Mm -hmm. just reader of the scriptures and finding out what does the text mean itself. Right. And and really just spending time in the text. And man, when when Matthew was writing his gospel and he spent three chapters in the Sermon on the Mount, you know co- you know putting together Jesus's words from there. What did Matthew intend us to mean by that? Mm-hmm. And not reading something and then jumping somewhere else and right, just trying right. to harmonize it or or make it fit with something else right like what did he actually mean and really diving there? and I think honestly that was probably the biggest love that I developed going through my seminary process where we spent a lot more time in biblical studies and, you know, maybe less time in the theology of it. Uh, and, and, and and that's just the way Fuller ran things where you just spent less, you know, you spent more time in the text. And no. I have friends who went to other schools who were very much strong in the, in the systematics and the theology side of things. And they, they, you know, were, you know, they gained a lot of insights that I didn't get, but, I see a lot of times that those guys are also uh, maybe deficient in just exegeting a text and just sitting in the, in the, in the text itself.
1: Yeah. Now, let me, let me clarify a few things for those who are listening. Um, Systematic. So one of the things I say is, is, and one of the reasons why I asked you to be the the co-host with me is because I know you have more of the systematic theology kind of mindset Mm -hmm. uh, and and I abhor systematic theology, right? I just, I just, I, I, I understand, but you know, so my degrees are in biblical interpretation and biblical studies, and and we always kind of have this—it's not re- uh, real, but this—it's this, made up. This friction between biblical studies and, and systematic theology, and the idea is that systematic theology basically says we're going to discuss uh, today uh, the nature of God, uh, or the nature of the Son of God, or the, the right, and we're going to go from Genesis through re- the book of Revelation. We're going to pick all these verses out that support the fact that God is all-knowing. And so, see, we know God's all-knowing because it says this, it says this, says this, and uh, and and you take it from 10 different passages. Mm. Uh, biblical study says, I'm looking at this particular text, and I just want to know what this text says. I don't care if this text fits with, a, with the text I read last week and, or how it, how it fits together. But systematic theology says, no, oh, no, they have to fit together because I have this theological construct, which is fine. Um, but biblical study says, okay, yeah, but you're limiting what this text may or may not say by that theological construct, because the text uh, ideally, you know, if, if one text says a, then another text can't say B because it doesn't fit your grid. So, but I'm looking at it going, well, maybe it does say B. And maybe I don't know why one says A and one says B. And maybe, maybe that's up to God to decide why one said A and one said B. And that's fine. Uh, So in, in biblical studies, we're, we're, we're okay with that. We're okay with not being able to put everything in a box. Uh, and, and, uh, Uh, But systematic theology can't and uh, uh, doesn't like to do that. And so I know that you and I kind of think differently on these things, and so I'm like, okay, this would be a lot more enjoyable with Vinny kind of going this direction, me wanting to go that direction. Like, like, okay, look, I'll do a class on the Trinity, but it'll take like 20 minutes, right? (laughs) Where where you're going to do like six weeks, two hours at a time, right? Right? i I was like, okay, hey, this man, my my folks go to classes, so it was 12 weeks on the doctrine of the Trinity. Okay, yes, exactly. (laughs) All right, right. They're probably not two hours on though, but um, (laughs) never mind. I'll take it back. So it's like, okay, how. And for me, I'm just, and I know you're there too. I'm far more concerned with what am I doing with this information, yeah. right? And was, what change in me is this information doing, and how is this going to help me become like Jesus? And so, for me, what's become exciting, you know, if I would ask my own question for, for myself, is reading the scriptures in light of this larger narrative of what God's doing in His creation from Genesis through Revelation. And what he wants me to do in the midst of that—that I'm—that we're part of that story, and so all of a sudden it's not like oh the Bible is not just this doctrinal statement that says da 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 that conforms with the Baptist or that conforms with the Presbyterian or conforms with what—it's not one of those. It's it's a story, um, and so I was thinking about this just the other day. I don't know why, but I was I was on this topic. I was thinking you know people like to have um, a theology of, the, of of the demonic realm. I know, I was, I was reading, the, 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 I, was, I was meditating on the parable of uh, the demoniac in Mark 5. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, all right, the reality is we don't have any part of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation where an author sits down and says, here's what you need to know about the, de- the demonic realm. Now, C.S. Lewis wrote a book on it, mm-hmm. right? Um, but the Bible doesn't have it. have it. So when we talk about the demonic realm, what we have to do is we have to pick from this verse and from that verse. But the authors weren't trying to give you. A theology that you know uh, uh, th- this man had two thousand demons in him, and they uh, are, and they asked to go into the swine. Uh, how does that? We don't know all that stuff, uh, and and that's not the point. And so. And I'm okay with that, Uh, but I want to know kind of what's the purpose of this text and how does it fit in this larger narrative? Uh, And that for me, you know, so, you know, I have an apologetics background as well. Mm -hmm. Um, That's been the more exciting part for me um, is, okay, hey, look, look at this beautiful narrative and how they wove these complex narratives. So we're going to be investigating a lot of these kind of issues as we move forward. Um, and and the next thing I want everyone to know is that you and I aren't gonna always disagree, and I think this is important for because you're still on staff at a church, right? So mm-hmm. people in your church go, "What? I heard this on your podcast." Like, "Yeah, that was Rob. That wasn't me." Right? <laughs> you know, and 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 I told Vinny, I said, you know, I said, Vinny, you're gonna have to understand that I'm gonna say things that mm-hmm. might not work with your denomination. That's fine, and but let that let, that's go. And, and you say, "Hey, am I free to disagree with you?" I'm like, "Absolutely, you're free to be wrong anytime you want. You're a Raiders fan. I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, no, sorry. If they are. yeah, no, we can. Let, let's we. Just just want to process this and and in fact when we disagree i hope that we can we can disagree like godly christians are supposed to disagree respecting one another and not ridiculing the other side or, or, or making fun of baptists or presbyterians or Methodists or anybody else catholics or anybody else either um i can and, make and, fun
0: of the Baptists, and you can make fun of the presbyterians is the rule
1: right well, yeah <laughs> well I, 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 I do have a degree from a Baptist school, too. Oh, that's, that's one of, yeah. Yeah. One, one of my, my master's degrees from a Baptist school. So I can go there a little bit, but I will respect the fact that you are pastoring at a Baptist church. Yeah. So uh, so I, I think we're going to have some fun. So we're going to be looking at the scriptures uh, through a series of podcasts, asking questions about the scriptures. What do they mean and how do they apply to our lives? But we're also going to be having a, lot, a number of guests that are going to be coming on. Um, and interviewing them and and really kind of bring branching out into these topics and but all along we're going to keep the the, the tagline for uh, tagline for determined truth is the challenging the church to be the church. Mm-hmm. I hope that by the time someone listens to a, a 30 minute podcast or a 40 minute podcast uh, that they go okay I got something now that's going to challenge either the way I think or the way I believe or or and or the way I act as a Christian in this context or in that context. I th- and I hope that's what our goal is. So Vinny, I'm excited about this journey, and I want to thank you for being part of it uh, with me and, and, and what have you. And yeah, really. I want to invite the listeners as well uh, to, to go to the Determined Truth uh, 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 webpage, uh, which is DeterminedTruth.com, and it's going to be held by Empathios. Uh, um, uh, and there's, um, uh, uh, I think there's an Ask Me tab or something like that there. Uh, I can look it up now while I'm, while I'm, uh, I'm speaking there. Um, and, and feel free to ask any questions that you might have. Uh, That's one of the easiest ways to get in touch with us. And then uh, we can make uh, that a topic of a future podcast or make sure we answer those. Uh, I'm there, it's a it's a it's a contact me tab. Uh, and now you that know, can also, also do Rob, uh, yeah, because I I I do another podcast for my oh yeah yeah yeah. And one
0: of the things that we do is we we link in what's called the show notes. That's right. Uh, so l- l- this is our first one. We're we're trying some stuff out. But we might be able to link to all this stuff in the show notes. So if you swipe up uh, on your podcast app, uh, look for it now, and it might be there. That you might already get the link to all this stuff.
1: Okay, yeah, very good. All right. So um, uh, thank you again for being with us and. Um, hope the listeners are, are edified by this and, and uh, be faithful on our journeys
0: thank you for listening to today's podcast please subscribe to and like our podcast you can follow Rob's blog at DeterminedTruth.com or purchase his books on Amazon.com see you next
1: time